gentlemen, and welcome to episode 133 of Three Beers In. My name is Dom, and I am really happy that you guys are here. Welcome to Three Beers In, the only place where you could drink any day of the week, and we won't tell your employer or your spouse. We won't tell anybody. We're going to have a fun time together tonight on this show, where we have an action-packed, um, great time ahead, full of beer, deliciousness, and fun all the things that make America worth living in. So, um, to start off the bat right here, ladies and gentlemen, I have to I have to start on a little bit of a somber note. So, uh, th- this is really, really sad, and it's something that uh, really, really breaks my heart. Uh, so, there's a brewery upstate called Common Roots. It's a brewery that's been featured on the show before. It's close to uh, a friend of the show... Matt Daly, who gives me beer from there, like, you know, whenever he can, basically. And um, so they had a terrible fire at their brewery. Sorry about this this noise here. A terrible fire at their brewery recently. And I'm going to read the uh, the news here from, from the local news here. Uh, in South Glen Falls, New York, uh, restoration services are underway after a fire broke out at Common Roots. Uh, brewery in uh, South Glen Falls on Monday. The fire broke out around 7 p.m. Monday, and is quickly and it, uh, quickly spread through the uh, building located at 58 Saratoga Avenue. Fire investigators determined that the fire was accidental and started somewhere in an exhaust pipe. No one was injured. Uh, the owners of the company, Christian and Bert Weber, father and son, issued the following statement after the fire broke out. They said, uh, "Quote." Earlier this evening, a fire broke out in our brewery and tap room in South Glen Falls. Uh, while this is a very difficult time, we are grateful that everyone got out safely. Hang on one second. I'm so sorry. Everyone got out safely. <clears throat> uh, we appreciate the efforts of our local first responders, and we thank each of you and your thoughts uh, for your thoughts and support. Uh, additional updates will be provided at an appropriate time. Another local company will be arriving to help transfer and sal- uh, uh, transfer the salvage products, salvageable products, to an area uh, where they can properly store for the time being. So this is really sad news because, but, but there's a there's a there's something nice to be said about this particular article and about this brewery. So I do remember uh, when we had Matt on the show. I think it was about two years ago. It was, it was a long time ago that he was on the show. We got to get him back on. It, he was talking about this brewery and how much he enjoyed it and how it was just such a. It was like it had a mom and pop atmosphere. And then you see that the owner here, it's it's uh, you know it's between his father a father and a son. And there's dedication to the craft here, and their beers they were really good. I mean, every beer that he's ever brought to me, I've I've had. We've had some beer on the show. Hang on. We've had some beer on the show and we've enjoyed it, and um. We've, uh, you know, and uh, he's also given me beers here and there when he comes down here because he lives upstate. Uh, when he comes down here to visit uh, the in-laws here, he brings me beer, and you know, it's it's thoroughly enjoyable. All the beers that he's ever brought here, and interestingly uh, enough, Matt came down here recently to Staten Island to visit the in-laws for St. Patrick's Day, and he brought me some beer, and that I've been, like I said, I've been having it. Um, myself, <clears throat> and he brought me reference method German style Pilsner from Common Roots, and I brought one down here, and I'm gonna have one here in South. Ooh, that was oh boy, a lot of ooh. Hang on, this exploded out of the can. 
This is not the show. Be- wow, they filled it to the to the hilt. This beer is filled like to the tippy tippy top. I've never opened a beer and it's like right to the top, like that. There's usually a little room in there. So this is in solidarity of what's happened up in their brewery. This is not the show beer, but I'm going to have this beer right now. It's in a tall boy can. I might not review. I don't think I'm going to do a review of it, but it's a German style Pilsner. You know I love German style beers. I feel really, but like I said, there's a <clears throat> there's a silver lining here because in that article towards the end, it said that a local company, which I'm assuming is going to be a, maybe a local brewery or just even if it's just so what a local company, is going to go in and and help these people and to like to keep them keep them going and I think that that's just so special and so great and I think that's something that is unique to mom and pop type organizations and it's something about the community and the communal aspect of it you know it's not Anheuser-Busch making cans of water that they send just for the publicity stunt which I mean great you're sending cans of water but I believe I read an article once where it was like they're really it's negligible how much they're sending it's just it really is a publicity stunt you know to see that this independent uh, this independent craft brewer part of the, uh, certified from the in, uh, independent craft brewing association uh, to to have this type of serious catastrophe on their hands but hopefully because of that community and that's what craft beer is all about we're a part of this community we're a part of this this collective that's really focused on this craft literally of the craft beer and it's just it's really really special to see that uh uh, you know, as I read this article, I mean, it really, it really affected me. I was, just, I was really upset by it because it's just, you know, it's, it's like seeing a, a place that you respect and care about in such peril. I really hope that things go well for them. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna do th- this. is a special shout out to Common Roots Brewing Company, right out there in uh, South Glen Falls, New York, Saratoga Avenue, uh, the German style Pilsner. It's a four point two. Uh, ABV. Now, like I said, this isn't the beer the beer show. I mean, this isn't the show beer, but I just feel that it's important to do this since I have some on my hands here. Reference method is our interpretation of a German style. Pilsner brewed with 100% Pilsen malt, noble hops, and traditional German lager yeast. I already like the sounds of that as, as, as I hear it here. Uh, this beer is crisp and clean with notes of dandelion, wildfire, honey, uh, wild... Huh. Jesus, I said wildfire. That's terrible. Sorry about that, guys. Um, Wild flower honey, clove, and and rising dough. So there's going to be a malt characteristic here that you really want to enjoy. But the fact that it has these... The fact that they're using a uh, pills and malt, noble hops, and traditional German lager yeast, right off the bat, it's going to be doing good. And it's just these additions, I'm I'm sure, that they used with the hops and and different types of... Something they probably used in, in the malt to change it up a little bit. So far, right off the bat, it smells authentically German, which is really, really um, exciting in terms of what we're about to get into here. Wow, this is actually... Hang on, let me taste it. This is actually very earthy in the middle there. Um, I am getting the clove, and that... It's not really... It's not jiving me too well. But at the at the end of the at the end of this beer, you're having an authentic German um, pilsner, and it's delicious. So reference method, common roots, 
it, it really knocks <laughs> I'm so upset because I wish I had more of these because if this was the show beer where I was doing a German style Pilsner that's craft this knocks it out of the park this is the best one I've ever had and I'm really I, I swear to god I am not just saying this because the place burnt part of the place burnt a little bit this is really good because it has all of the 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 market like everything that you want in a German style beer is here right now and that's just really exciting for me Mm. Yeah, and it has like a nice, a nice bitterness in the middle, not too dry. It could be a little more dry, but the finish, the finish of this beer is is so German that it's it's really really fantastic. So Common Roots really knocked it out of the park here, out of the park here with their reference method. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a little bit of a break. I'm going to have this beer on my own, you know, sit here alone and drink it which is okay if you have a beer show, okay? <laughs> and um, I'm going to come back with the uh, the beer review portion of the show. I just really wanted to, you know, hit on this, the fact that this is a brewery that is, a, you know, something that's been featured on the show, something that I've, I've had a, quite a bit of because of someone that I know personally and because of someone that has been a listener on the show and been on the show. And I wanted to just, you know, know it just really it, it hits it hits home, so to speak. It's it's really sad to see, and I really hope they get back on their feet on their feet as soon as possible. I'm gonna, you know, just be. I'm gonna try to keep my keep track of it. You know what I mean? Just to just to be aware of what where they're at and stuff like that. You know, because they're they're a great brewery and and they really deserve love and support from our community. So I might I might send them an email saying that uh, we, we're really hopeful for for their return. We're really we have them in our thoughts and prayers, and hopefully everything will be okay. So I'll I'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Your metaphors, your silent thoughts, your feelings are too real. Let them spew it fall from grace will do us good today. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for waiting. Uh, well, you didn't have to wait. Kind of went kind of instant for you, but um, I sat here. I had this beer, and it was good. Oh, it's such a good song, man. Let me just pump it up a little. Oh yeah. So, a band called Live called Lift Me Up. And it's a really, it's got a great, a great, like, melody and everything. It's just so much fun to listen to. It's from the, it's from the movie Zack and Miri Make a Porno. And it's funny because that, uh, that particular song was, like, never released. And, uh, somehow Kevin Smith got a hold of it and was able to put it in his movie. And ever since then, people <clears throat> have been wanting to hear it and everything like that. But, I digress. Here I are, here we are, ladies and gentlemen, three beers in. Uh, I'm actually now four beers in, 
and ready to actually start the show. So I really, I'm, you know, started off on a little bit of a somber note, talking about what happened with the uh, the fire up there in Comrades. But now we are going to move on, ladies and gentlemen, and we are going to dive right into the beer review portion of uh, the show. And the music begins. So this week on our show, we are drinking on episode 133 from Sloop Brewing Company, the Juice Bomb, or just Juice Bomb, Juice Bomb Northeastern IPA. So it came in a box, uh, not Tallboy cans. I've been having a lot of beers that are in the Tallboy uh, tall cans lately. This one came in... Regular 12-ounce cans. Very colorful. Very, very nice-looking. Sloop Brewing Company. Where are they from? Let me see here. Sloop Brewing. Uh, Hopewell Junction, New York. So it's a New York brewery. And it's supposed to be a juice bomb. So let's see what we get here. I've already had some pre-show, and I've already written out uh, my review, which I said I was going to be doing. Uh... And I'm going to do that right now. So here we go. It's a, um, they call it a Northeastern IPA. So those of you that call them New England IPAs, Northeastern IPAs, the general rule of thumb is if it has an NE before the IPA, it's the same thing. So ladies and gentlemen, Super Brewing Company uh, comes out with a juice bomb here. And uh, going off the look, we got a pale cloudy yellow, not the orange that you see sometimes with some um, New England uh, or NEIPAs. I'm gonna call them Nipus. Nipus. Okay, that's the official three beers in name we're going to give it. The Nipas. We got two fingers ahead that goes away uh, slightly fast. Uh, not too much of a head retention uh, and not too much of a lacing going on here. But in terms of the look, it has that very cloudy, pale yellow look. There's some specks of the lactose in there. I think they got lactose floating in there. I don't think that's yeast or anything like that. Um, I mean, as cloudy as you can get it. I mean, you can't see through that uh, if you even tried. Uh, then I went through the smell here. I'm going to smell it again because it's a it's a very pleasant aroma. I really enjoy it. It's so funny because I'm getting to the point where I actually kind of maybe enjoy the smell of the beer more than I like the taste. Is that weird? But it is what it is. The the uh, we have a very sprucey dank aroma. So there's a there's an inviting hop characteristic right in the smell that you really want to look for in some in some IPAs and especially these double IPAs that you that you find out there. So it's a very very like I said sprucey dank aroma, very piney, spruce again when I smelt it on the second time around. Uh, there's also like a sweet citrus fruit aroma in there, but it's it's very it's it's mellow. It's it's really not too forward because it's it's quite dank the smell of this beer, which made me quite excited. Uh, there's also a smell of like a fresh cut grass and ooh, excuse me, little burp. Let me smell one more time in real time. Yeah, there's like a there's like a very like a like a melon fruit aroma in there, like with all that dank, sprucey, piney aromas. And then we get to the taste. Okay, so I said it was pretty. Uh, it was a pretty pungent hop flavor up front. Uh, very slight sweetness, but not overpo- uh, overpowered. So it was it wasn't as sweet as so for me with the, when it comes to these juice bombs. 
I really like when the sweetness is is prevalent up front, but not too too sweet. Of course, I don't want to get I don't want to feel like I've I've had too much Halloween candy when I'm drinking a, a, an IPA or any beer for that matter. But I really like the the juice bombs or the or the niapas that have a very sweet sweet uh, flavor in the beginning, and then turns into that bitterness. But we had here it was a slight sweetness, but not overpowering. Not too prominent uh, or overpronounced. There was a dry middle to finish. So what I really enjoyed about this beer was it um, it had a really good dry characteristic to it that uh, that I haven't had lately. A lot of the beers that have had a very what's the opposite of dry? Wet. You can't say wet, can you? But they're very they were very. Um, just thirst quenching so to speak this one made you want to drink more you understand what i'm saying when it comes to the dryness of it it's not as bomb as i thought it would be but it's still good nonetheless uh there's a good balance here of the malt to hop characteristics but for me personally and i've said this now uh frequently with the juice bombs that we've been having lately i personally would want more sweetness um in the front end you know, I didn't get that with the Killsborough one, and I and I didn't get it with the I think the one before that. I, I you know I lose track of the names of them here, but definitely wanted to have more of the sweetness up front because I think that's a very unique characteristic of the New England IPAs or the Niapas as I call them. And uh, you know, it's 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 good though. There is a good there is a sweetness there. Let me take another sip here in real time here. Mm. There is a, there's a sweetness there, but it's it's got a, a a spiciness to it the whole time. So throughout the entire journey of the flavor filled um, experience of this beer, you're constantly being reminded of the hops being exactly where they're supposed to be, which is that bittering agent. So it's it's bitter throughout. It's drier. It's more dry and bitter in the middle to the finish. Uh, there's an earthiness there. It's it's a fantastic. This is what this is the thing, right? When when you're looking at IPAs, right, and what you're looking for in an, in an IPA, you're looking for that hop punch, you're looking for that bitterness, you're looking for something that's going to really knock your socks off. And and when when these juice bombs came out, I mean, notwithstanding that this is indeed a juice bomb here, I mean, literally the name. When they first came out, it was like we were kind of losing losing sight of what it is that we're really appreciating and enjoying in these these strong IPAs and these double IPAs it's like it's the hop heads are kind of like I think they're gonna be a little disappointed lately in terms of what it's being really flooded out there in the market I mean you're finding just a ton of these uh, New England style or Northeastern style or as three beers in calls them these new apps and and there's just it's just like you know you know the hop head is kind of being like left to the side i mean there's nothing really new for him out there i mean everything i'm seeing right now in terms of ipas you know at least in beverage island when it comes to these new beers uh it's just they're it's, they're all these unfiltered new apps and you know i mean where where does the hop head fall in that so i think there's going to be a correction so if you look at the craft beer market and the craft beer scene um, it, the, the market right now and the scene is just flooded with these beers. Um, you're going to see a lot of sours this summer. And I think that there's going to be a return of the classic, like, hop-crazy IPAs, you know, just because... <clears throat> 
there there has to be that quick turnaround. I was talking to Pete Sullivan the, uh, not too long ago about this, how people are looking for the newest thing. And it was going back to that article that I read a lo- uh, long time ago where this guy was really, really ba- uh, like pissed off that people weren't drinking his beer or wanting his beer in the uh, bar. But it's just so much that... You know, it's it's not you, guy. It's just that this is you gotta you gotta be ahead of the curve. So I do think that these New England style IPAs might burn out soon. Not burn out entirely. I do think that they're going to like you know they're gonna die down quite a bit, and I think we're gonna return to the um, the 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 strong traditional IPAs, the clear filtered IPAs that we're used to. You know, the, not these cloudy ones that uh, that have been coming out lately. Because I, I do think that it's starting to wane a little bit. I mean, I mean, in terms of me. So I've been having juice bombs on this show frequently. I mean, Rob's not here anymore to poo-poo all over the IPAs, though I wish he was here to try one of these. I even spoke to him on the phone uh, last week, and I was telling him, I was like, you fucking left at the absolute worst time for a guy that didn't like IPAs, because now they're coming up with IPAs that a guy that doesn't like IPAs will like this. You know what I mean? These nyepas are just so damn good. So I told him, you know, I really want to try to figure out how to send him one, and hopefully it'll keep as it goes all the way on the journey to Australia. And, um... I think there's going to be a slight correction. I mean, I mean, it might not happen. Who knows? Because I mean, people are buying these in droves. People are waiting for them. I mean, there's there's breweries out there that uh, that that are only in certain uh, locations where they're waiting for it to reach certain coasts, waiting for it to hit the east coast or the west coast. You know, coming from the uh, the flyover states, and that's that's pretty exciting when it comes to uh, you know waiting for a specific beer to come out and. Uh, you know, I'm kind of going off on a tangent on beer right now, but in specifically in, in terms of this, uh, the Sloop Brewing Company Juice Bomb, um, the the ABV that we have on the can here is what do we got? Where'd it go? Uh, Six point five alcohol by volume. You're not getting that alcohol hit whatsoever, that heat from the alcohol at all. Um, bear with me one second. I'm just gonna try to bring up the, um, ooh, excuse me, um, the actual. Uh, breweries uh, talking about the 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 beer itself. Uh, in terms of my rating, I'm going to give it a six and a half out of ten because it's just I'm going to start being a little bit more strict when it comes to these Neapas uh, because I want to 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 stay true to what it is that I'm looking for. I'm looking for a sweet sweet beer in the beginning and then bitter as it turns and that does happen with some of them i mean i've definitely talked about it here before on the show so uh sloop brewing uh here in new york actually well wait a minute i dropped this can uh where is this place where is the where is hope hopewell junction God, I'm dropping cans everywhere. I gotta move this. You know, Hopewell. Okay, so our uh, this is the juice bomb Niepa, from uh, Slooping uh, Brewing Company here. Our juicy, hazy flagship IPA. The low bitterness and late hopping showcase the citrusy, juicy notes of American hops. A blast of tropical aroma is flavored. Is followed by a resiny and balanced flavor, which I said. In all fairness, I didn't read this yet. Uh, juice bomb features all the aspects and nuances of a full hop flavor. Not just bitterness, uh, and it's available year-round. I'm going to say that that's true. I mean, it's it's not overly bitter, so you do get to get all of that you're looking for in terms of this style of beer. I would say I just wish it was sweeter. So six and a half out of ten from Sloop. I think it's pretty good. I think this is the first beer we ever had from uh, Sloop Brewing Company here on the show, and um, it's a solid one. It's good, but like I said. I'm looking for more sweetness in the front, and then, 
you know, bitterness on the on the um, on the back end. So, like, you know, I was going on a little bit of a tangent back there when it came to. Hold on, let me move this over. When it came to uh, the beers of the summer that are coming up, or the spring to summer that are coming up, it's hard for me to <sighs> have a have a. Um, a general opinion on these things because I, I do have a beer show and because I have a beer show I'm not I don't uh, approach beer as a regular consumer might do so and people who follow the show I think that maybe they have a better idea of what the general consumer might do so for me for example I go in and I pick up whatever I see on the shelf Whatever I see on the shelf is what's going to be on the show. If it, if it just appeals to me, I'm going to pick it up. I don't look up the rating. I don't look up anything about it. I just grab it, and I put it in the cart, and I move on. You know, I get three to four types of beer or three to four beers each time I make my pilgrimage out to Beverage Island, and that kind of sets me up for the the show for a little while. So I only got three this time around. I got one more beer upstairs, not a New England stuff, um, and I'm going to have that. You know, next next week, God willing, and uh, then it's you know back to the drawing board. So I really don't look up ratings. I don't look up anything about the beers. I try to be completely objective. Is it objective or subjective? Because it's my rating, so it'd be subjective, right? I don't know. I'm gonna pretend like it, I could apply both words to that. So I'm going to be just giving you my particular opinion about the um, on these beers. I don't try to look up the ratings on them whatsoever. So. With this particular beer, you know, for me, it's not the juice bomb that I was expecting. I was expecting something. God, I gotta figure out what fucking beer I had from Colorado. It was a, it was one of these, but they just called it a double IPA. But it was unfiltered IPA or double IPA, whatnot, and it was just so goddamn good. I mean, it was so sweet in the front and just so bitter in the back. It was like the best one I ever had, and I didn't have it on the show. I did it on that Sunday where I spilt all the fucking shit in the mixer, but. Needless to say, I can't actually make the prediction that there will be a correction in the market because people are actually seeking these out right now. People want to have these juice bombs because they are the hot commodity. It's almost as if that Brute IPA uh, that really was new because New England style, the Niepas are not as new as the Brute style IPAs. And it's like those are taking a little bit of a back seat right now. And I think that a lot of hopheads are a little upset. They might be a little upset because... I think if the, there was a hophead approach to the Brute IPAs, they might be pretty goddamn good and pretty good and fucking dry. I mean, you know, I, every, every, I'm every 0 for 2 when it comes to those, and I'm really sorry about that, Pete, you know, that I brought such junk into your home. It was such, such disrespect, but n- nonetheless, continuing... Um, you know, I just think it's a time right now where we got to just like wait by the sidelines and wait for whatever like the next shift is going to be in terms of what the community is into and what people want because it seems right now that this is going to be the hot take. Sours and and Niepas are going to be the beers of spring and summer, and it's going to be really hard for me because I wanted to do a wheat beer Wednesday to find a wheat beer that is or a craft wheat beer that would be acceptable for me and uh, something that I would enjoy. 
you know, because the wheat beers have been completely ignored on the show. So I wanted to do a wheat beer Wednesday where I would do a very quick segment in terms of a beer review of a wheat beer on the show to try to maybe just find the one that I think could be the the official beer of the show be, uh, in terms of wheat beer because I really think that Bolero Snort is slowly going to be my favorite brewery. And if it's my favorite brewery, then it's going to be the moniker or favorite brewery of the show because I am the show. And I really want to get in touch with those guys. I really want to try to communicate with them and maybe try to get them on this show in some capacity, get to their brewery, find their unique beers that are actually there because I just love the fact that they have this niche that they have in terms of the bull. I love that every beer that they have in terms of the characters that are on the the labels are bull related, even in terms of the names of the beer. You know, it's really, really unique and really, really cool. And they're slowly, they're really growing on me because it's a, it's funny because you know a lot of people, a lot of like I said, the average consumers have very, they're they're very they're big fans of certain breweries, and for me, I you know, I, like I said, I don't I don't you know have a, um, I don't owe any lineage. What's what's the word I'm looking for? I don't have I don't bow down to any particular brewery because I have to be a show where I feature all different breweries and all different types of beers. Or all different uh, or unique beers every single time, you know. I mean, I would go to if I didn't have the show, I'd go to Beverage Island every week and try to find stuff from like you know Stillwater, Artisanal, Grim, and I'd find anything Bolero Snort that I can get my hands on. And if I'm going to buy in bulk, like something I could have on the weekend for football or watching baseball or anything like that, I'm going to try something like from Killsborough or Flagship because I really like I really like the idea of staying local. So and I mean Bolero Snort's right over the bridge, so they're they're quite they're local as you as you can get as well so it's just uh, it, i just find that really fascinating that, that that to just see the direction the general direction that these breweries are going in because like i i really try to find fresh new beer and a lot of it right now is is new a new ape so let me take this out when i'm done i rip it up to try to stay completely in the loot here. So, um, where was I? Yeah, so this is pretty darn good though. Not gonna lie. I lost my train of thought. Let me check my phone. Maybe I have something written down here in order for me to talk about something. Because I do have some beer news and emails. And I want to, um, I definitely want to get to those at some point. But I know I have some general talk that I want to get to. So, oh yeah, so the baby countdown's for real right now. Okay, we are in the latter stages of March and the baby is due April 17th and I am starting to really like feel it you know what I mean so when I when I say I'm starting to really feel it it's like you know I, I spoke to my manager today about it because she wants to get me like a gift and everything which was just so nice and um, I was like you know for nine months my wife's been going through a hell of a lot but really I've been just you know here you know, just doing me and being me. I mean, of course, I'm tending to her as much as I can and stuff like that, but nothing's been changed for me. So now that, like, April 17th seems so far away when, you know, we found out, and now it's, like, right around the corner, it's just so surreal and so crazy that now it's really we're getting to the home stretch and, you know, before you know it, I'm going to be on this show announcing that my daughter has been born and that's really really exciting really really cool and I'm really I'm, I'm hopeful that one day she could look back and listen to how great her dad was on this show once he had the show himself away from Rob 
you know it's going to be funny that one day she'll hear about who rob was and the th- the things that he was about and maybe hear them hear him on the show but you know and how you know her dad did so much better when he left for a foreign land but you know i got the crib built and everything getting everything geared up and then uh you know it's just so crazy that you know i i come to the realization that life is just never going to be the same every day when i come home there's going to be a person there that's going to rely on me to live you know and like every day for the rest of my life there's going to be this person an actual person that is going to rely on me, you know, maybe for the rest of my life. I mean, I still rely on my parents for a lot of things. You know, I talk to them all the time about certain things and their advice. And, you know, I, I, I still worry them and I'm 31 years old. So it's, it's, it's just an incredible um, thought that I'm now going to be at that stage where I'm going to have a person that I have to take care of and stuff like that. So it's really, really cool and really fun. You know, for at this point, you know this this excitement point is really really fun to to think about and talk about. And now the next stage, the next step is of course going to be um, having the baby, and then and then going along with that. So uh, we're gonna get to the beer news that we have for this week, and uh, we have a couple of uh, articles that I want to read you. I'm not gonna try to make the music too too loud, but the articles that I have here are really really interesting and really cool. So. I'm not reading these beforehand. I'm just going by the headlines that I see on these articles, and I'm just going to go with it. So um, the Brewers Association of America has listed their 50 fastest-growing U.S. craft breweries of this past year in 2018. Um, And it says here, out of Boulder, Colorado. This is also from uh, BrewersAssociation.org. Uh, the Brewers Association, the non-for-profit uh, trade group representing small and independent craft brewers today, released its second annual list of the 50 fastest-growing small and independent craft brewing companies of 2018. Uh, representing 27 states across the United States, these small and independent breweries experience a median growth of 163%, with the median size being 1,350 barrels of in-house production in 2018. Uh, Breweries on this list range from 50 barrels to more than 40,000 and grew from less than 70,000 barrels collectively in 2017 to more than 170,000 barrels in 2018. As a group, uh, these brewing companies represent approximately 10% of total craft growth by volume for the year and include 13 brew pubs, b- brew pubs 35 microbreweries, and two regional craft breweries. And it has a image here of the breweries in terms of the, of terms of the map of the United States. So if I look at the map from far away... You get it's pretty interesting when you look at the the actual map. I'm gonna get this up on our website here of the 50 fast scrum breweries. You got East Coast, West Coast. You got the Great Lakes, big booming stuff going on there, and then there's a lot of nothingness in the flyover states, like I was saying before. But over here near us, we have let's see in New York and New Jersey we have a uh, flounder brewing company in New Jersey kind of looks like central Jersey to the uh, to the to the eye here and in New York we have industrial brewing company so uh, flounder is 22 and industrial is 19 in Pennsylvania right over the border of New Jersey we have bond place brewing at number eight but number two out of Washington or is that Maryland I think out of Maryland is Finn Big Oyster Brewery at number two but who's the number one fastest growing brewery 
is out of where the hell is that? Is that next to Illinois? Is that Indiana? Lake Time Brewery. I'm not pretty good at geography right now after all these beers that I'm having, but Old Nations at number 33. Uh, and we have just some names that we are familiar with here. Out in California, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, or seven. And then New York, we have one. You know, so we're kind of uh, lagging behind here. But it's down the former 13 colonies here. All down that eastern coast, we have uh, brand new breweries that are up and coming here. And, um, oh, and even in um, three of them in Florida. So these are breweries that you're going to want to keep an eye on. And I'm going to make sure we get this uh, link up in the uh, Three Beers in Facebook so that you can you too can see these new breweries and maybe try to find some beers from there. So from craftbeer.com, uh, we have uh, from their editor's edition here, uh, their editor's section, I didn't even know this, but it's definitely something I'm going to pay attention to and try to keep track of and keep all of you guys in the loop on. It says here, Stone Brewing's lawsuit against Miller Coors moves forward. I had no idea. Now, I've said this on the show before, so you know if you haven't heard it, I'm going to just let you know right now. I know that, and I respect greatly the Stone Brewing Company out in California for how just absolutely fucking balls-to-the-wall craft they are. I mean, they will not sell. They refuse. They hate anyone that does sell. They say, fuck you to InBev, and they say, fuck you to Miller Coors. They are as craft as they come, and God bless them and their journey. But here we had, did not know that they had filed a lawsuit against Miller Coors, and I'm going to read this article to you right now, like I said, from craftbeer.com. Stone Brewing gets good news from the court in its trademark lawsuit against Miller Coors over large breweries rebanding of Keystone Light. Oh, I see what's going on here. So Miller Coors wrote just stone on their label. Of course, Stone Brewing is going to go right after him over that. On Tuesday, March 26th, the court issued an order regarding Stone's preliminary injunction against Miller Coors finding Stone, quote, Stone's mark to be commercially strong and recognizable, end quote. The California-based craft brewery filed um, first filed suit in February of 2018 calling on Miller Coors to put the key back in Keystone Light. The issue centers around Miller Coors' new packaging and advertising around Keystone, which shortened the beer's presentation to emphasize the word, quote, stone, end quote, on social media and packaging, along with other marketing. Stone Brewing, originally founded in 1996, filed suits saying the marketing could easily confuse beer lovers looking to buy beer from the San Diego-based craft brewery, who has built its reputation around independence. In Tuesday's order, the court writes, since Stone and Miller both produce a beer, which is distributed nationally, a consumer is likely to encounter both within close proximity of the other, making it reasonable to consider Miller a direct competitor of Stone. Taking all the factors into account, the court finds that Stone's trademark infringement claim against Miller is moderately strong. And what's interesting is here is they're showing um, a can of Stone IPA next to the Keystone Stone beer, and it's almost a fucking identical. Like, they almost have the same exact font and everything like that. 
It says that the legal, batter, uh, the legal battle doesn't end here. According to a press release from the Stone uh, Brewing Company, the next step could be trial. And they give you the full details in terms of their news release from Stone here. So this is from Stone. And it says, score one for true independent craft beer today as the hashtag true stone. The true stone lawsuit continues on Tuesday, March 23rd. The court issued it. So they're they're basically spiking the football here when it comes to it. And you know what? Fuck them. Good for you guys. Okay. This is them taking it, going against the man, so to speak. You got this conglomerate in terms of like being able to take over and monopolize the beer industry and this small craft brewery just raises their middle finger and says why don't you go and fuck yourselves and this one this sip here is to stone hated your brute IPA but everything else you make is really good so uh, this this particular article that I'm about to read right now had a very interesting headline but I'm not going to read it to you because it's going to kind of give it away I kind of like how this article goes and it's uh, from pacemagazine.com by uh, Jim Varel uh, in March. So I'm not also going to link this on our website. And here's how it begins. I might just cut the music for the, for this one right here. Okay. Everyone bear with me. I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's a one-man show. It's a scary time to be the operator of a young craft brewery. Even when operating on a very small scale, we have entered an era where success and growth are no longer the general rule in the beer industry, regardless of the quality of the brewery's product. And I kind of agree with that that statement in the beginning. As growth of this segment comes uh, as growth of the segment comes screeching to a halt, but a new brewing opening uh, but a, okay, all right, let me start again here. <laughs> these these uh are starting to get to me. As growth of the segment comes screeching to a halt, but new brewery openings continue unabated. The math just doesn't add up. The one thing is clear. Unless something changes real quick, there are going to be casualties. Numerous casualties. Okay. That's an interesting part of the segment, but sure. I don't think anyone's going to fucking die, but I guess that means death of a company, but I digress. This week, we've been given a rather unusual example in the form of a new Illinois brewery that was in operation for a scant 84 days from the time of its opened doors to the time that it's announced its closure. Much has been made of the difficulties faced by the beer industry's veterans, the Sierra Nevadas and the New Belgiums of the world, as they face a cooling market and ever more competition. But the fate of Addison, Illinois' Siri Athlone Brewing Company shows just how quickly things can turn south for a brand new business as well. Kudos to Great Illinois... Wait, kudos to the Great Illinois Beer website, Guys Drinking Beer, for the heads up on this one. So, the thing that I want to just dive into real quick before I continue this complete article here is... There's difficulties right now for Sierra Nevada and New Belgium? I mean, I'm going to research that a little bit further, but I... I, I, I mean, I don't know what the problem is there, because... I know I see New Belgium here, and they're from Colorado. I know I see Sierra Nevada here, and they're from California. So if you're if you're able to distribute your beer throughout the entire United continental United States, how, how big of a problem you really have? But we're going to continue here. It was only on December 7, 2018, my wedding day, when Siri Athlone, or Athlone, or Athlone, named for the Irish heritage of its owners. Okay, so Athlone, I guess. 
announced its grand opening, and it has here on their Facebook page saying that its official Our Tap Room is open. Uh, a few days ago, the closure announcement came. Although uh, the wording makes it sound as if the brewery was actually may actually have been closed since February, which would make the total time of the brewery in operation even shorter. All in all, though, Siri uh, alone was likely around long enough to brew a handful of batches of commercial beer. And there, here it has there, saying that we're so sorry, we apologize, not keeping you informed, but we've been closed. Uh, we can't speak uh, to the quality of the product in, in a case like this. Unsurprisingly, we'd never heard of the brewery until just now. But the fact that a new brewery came, can, uh, the the fact that a new brewery can come and go so quickly in 2019 is enough to give one pause. If you are currently in the process of trying to get a new craft brewery open, this certainly isn't the kind of news you're going to be thrilled to read. With that said, there are there are some unusual aspects to the Siri Athlone story that are more likely than not factored into its closure. And I will take a sip of beer after that sentence. Back in September of 2018, company owner James Stephen, or Stephen, was sent a publicly available warning letter from the FDA in reference to his other business, Pharmaceutical Laboratories and Consultants, where Stephen is listed as president. That warning, la- uh, that warning letter states something rather revealing, that Stephen was, I- was operating in his brewery a pharmaceutical testing facility within feet of one another. Suffice to say, that's not the short... That's not the sort of thing that the FDA approves of. I can't read, people, okay? Just bear with me. <sighs> in addition to our inspection revealed that you were operating a microbrewery in the space shared with your contract, your contract testing laboratory where you test over-the-counter drug products and components you prepared and stored microbiology laboratory media in the same area you used to conduct brewery operations. For example, our investigators observed a full fermenter located approximately 10 feet from the space where media is prepared, warmed, and stored. A brewery employee was also preparing kegs in the area. In addition to the laboratory test results, open beer bottles and brewing material co-mingled with the same refrigerator. These facilities, condi- these facility conditions pose unacceptable risks, including contamination of media during the preparation and compromised samples of analyses. Conducting your testing operations in the space shared with the microbrewery inappropriate is inappropriate and does not comply with the CGMP. Your testing must be performed using facilities that are designed and controlled from the drug laboratory testing. So I read it like that because that was the government. By the way, uh, we're not exactly experts in biochemistry over here, but we're pretty sure that placing a beer fermenter 10 feet away from where you're doing pharmaceutical testing is probably a bad idea for both the drugs and the beer, with an obvious risk of cross-contamination. So yes, perhaps Siri Asalone's closure was more a matter of questionable organization than a referendum on the viability of young, young breweries in a slow Beer scene is it slow? Is the beer scene a little slow right now? I guess there's we've gotten to a point where it's some of the heavy hitters of the craft brewing community or the craft brewing association are the ones at the tippy top right now. But I don't see voodoo uh, voodoo ranger. I don't see uh, the uh, what you call it coming out with any niapas. So you know maybe they have to uh, up their game a little bit. Speaking of niapas, I'm due for another one here. So we um. We're going to get to... There won't be a bathroom break, even though I really... You know what? There will be a bathroom break. Hold on one second. Okay. 
I forgot that I can just go pee if I want to. But I'm going to pour a little bit more of this. The Niepas are dangerous because they, they some of them can have a good alcohol content and they go down so easily and you get into a situation where all of a sudden you might not be able to see straight. But we have a couple of emails this week. I'm going to get to those right now. It's so funny because I always think about the show and how to improve it and where I'm going to go with it. And I was going to announce that we're going to try to keep the show under 45 minutes because I don't want, I don't want to do the hour, you know, because sometimes it's hard to find an hour. And lo and behold, we're here. So we got, uh, let's see, one, two, three emails here. Terrence emails. I like to hard pour every beer I drink because I enjoy the resulting foam, texture, and mouthfeel. Am I, quote, ruining beers that aren't intended to be poured like this? Are there any reasons not to hard pour? Terrence? So one of the things I talked about on the show ad nauseum is put the beer in the glass because you want to release the carbonation that's in the beer because beer is overcarbonated so that it does not go flat by the time it reaches you. Hard pouring the beer, I do it sometimes too because I got these really tall glasses. You know, you want to try to stick close to maybe what the brewer is intending. If you hard pour certain beers that might have a low carbonation, maybe like a Saison, like a, maybe some Belgian beers. If you hard pour a Belgian, you know, you might end up First of all, dumping some yeast in there that you don't want. There are some Belgians that you have to store straight up because they they, they don't want the risk of the dead yeast getting into the beer and changing the complexity of the flavors. So there are some beers that you do want to try to stay away from hard pouring. And some of them, I would say they're Belgians, so to speak. Something that has a lot of sediment in it. You know, like people who, who make their own craft beer are going to tell you probably not to hard pour those. Definitely put it in a glass, but don't hard pour too much because you might end up putting something in the beer you don't want or cutting the carbonation that, the the little bit of carbonation that might be in there. Okay, so like I said, so so some things that have a soft carbonation, you if you hard pour one of them and you notice it's a little flat, don't hard pour the next one. And notice and take notes and notice of the difference of the flavors and the, and the experience when you get to your next one. That's a really cool thing that you could do. You can experiment yourself. There's no right or wrong way to drink a beer, my friend. There is not. So if you want a hard pour and it doesn't go well, don't hard pour the next one and take notice to see what uh, what it does for the, the beer for you. Another one here from um, Nordic Maester, which I think is really cool because that's getting me ready for Game of Thrones. I'm really excited about that. Uh, Nordic Maester says, hey, where's Eric? He was an asshole, but he was our asshole. Wow. Interesting take on our boy Eric over there. I don't think he was an asshole. I do think that he was a little whiny. You know, he did whine a bit, but he hasn't been around. I mean, uh, I do, I do want to get him on this show soon. I do want to make it that he can get on this show. I know that uh, he's prote- like I said. Listen, it's easy for me. Like I came down here early tonight. It's only seven o'clock at night right now on a Thursday for me, and I'm getting a little lit. I'm gonna go upstairs and hang out with my wife and have a nice night, and then I'm gonna go to bed. For other people, they got to get here after work. They schlep over here. They drink beers. They get out of here around 9.30. They got to schlep back home. And then they go to bed. And they're probably going to be miserable uh, miserable for their Friday. So I don't blame people for not being on the show. You know, especially like, so, you know, Eric and stuff. I don't blame anybody for, for not wanting to do it. It's only probably me that could do this in terms of like wanting to do it every single Thursday and even the times that I don't want to do it, I just don't and I have the authority to do that. So so Eric was 
our asshole. I agree, Mr. Nordic Maester, and he's the man, and that's what it is. So Vincent also has emailed us, and he says, why is there so much bad beer out there like Kraft is so good? Why don't people drink it? Very, very short email, but I'm thinking you're trying to... I think you're trying to... You're, you're going at the, the, the macros, right? So you're talking about... I think you're talking about uh, Budweiser. You're talking about Miller. You're talking about Coors. Probably Keystone, you know, nat- Natty Ice, all that stuff like that. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad beer right there. But you got to understand, it depends on where you are. Okay, so I'm thinking that you're sending this. Maybe you're from New York because a lot of people that listen to this podcast happen to be from around here. And I think that the way you're looking at it is, it's like, why would you waste your time drinking a bad beer when you can have this? So people that are in areas where there's not a lot of craft beer. You know, this this beer is so abundant and so readily available and so cheap. There's so much cheap Budweiser out there. I remember when I was out upstate, right? Genesee Cream Ales were like seven ninety nine for like a, a fucking. I think it was like a twelve pack. The twenty four pack was like ten bucks. You're looking at a shit ton of beer for so cheap, and you're gonna get you're gonna get lit off of that. Let me tell you something right now, okay? If weed is ever legalized. All right, throughout the United States, this is the this is the announcement. This is the part of the show where I kill my politi- future political career, unless I'm running for the Green Party or something. If marijuana is legalized in the United States, like across all fifty states, everyone has it, and they have like, you know, Bud Dank and Coors Dank or whatever, you know, and like it's cheap and gets you high. Everyone's gonna buy it. Everyone's going to buy the cheaper weed that's going to get you high over the the artisanal weed that's going to also get you higher. It's going to get you a little bit higher, but it's 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 a lot more expensive. So it's just the the bottom line is beer beer gets a lot of people drunk, and a lot of people like to get drunk. A lot of people habitually get drunk. A lot of people have nothing better to do than get drunk. You understand? In certain places in the United States, I'm not saying anything bad about that. I like drinking and have a good time too. You know what I mean? But in the grand scheme of things, if it's cheap and it's effective, people are going to buy it. So, depending on where you are in the in the in the United States, that's just how it's going to be. And a lot of people are not going to spend the money on it. They're not going to take the time to actually understand and try to figure out craft beer. They're going to just stay away from it because they'll probably have something too bitter. And they're like, you know what? Fuck that stuff. I'm not going to have it. This stuff fucks me fucks me up, and it's cheap. I'm going to have this instead. I have a good time with this and my my friends and my buddies and stuff like that. And that's that's how we get into the situation that we are in right now. But like I said. We can all be ambassadors of craft beer, okay? I know all of you know craft beer out there because you listen to the show. So anyone who tells you that they don't want to drink that junk, you say to them, I know a craft beer that you would like because you listen to the show and because you respect craft beer and you know it better than anyone else. So you could find one for everyone out there. I know you can. I know you can because I can. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the show, episode 133. And I really look forward to talking to you guys next week. Take care, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. Cheers, everybody.